Hello everybody and welcome to Inside Voice with Martha's Mind, the podcast that talks about real mental health from a neurodivergent mind and likes to talk about mental health because of how different it can be on different days and how we feel about mental health and dropping that stigma, shame. But I think we're getting better, I think. But are we? Are we just keeping ourselves from actually unlocking what real mental health is about? And as I've said on quite a few episodes, uh, what feels like a while ago is we can talk about mental health. Of course we can because mental health is like physical health. Like what do you do every day that keeps you feeling sane and keeps you feeling mentally tapped into your own soul? Then what do you do when you talk about mental health when it's not going so great? When you have your down days, when you have your depression days, when you have your burnout days, what do you actually talk about how do you talk about that how do you convey it to somebody and not always looking for those answers but just always just being okay with it and being settled and comfortable and feeling okay in uncomfortable down days I think that's what this podcast tries to do at least that's one of the aims many aims of that it tries to do anyway I wanted to talk about dating. Dating was really popular when I was talking about it earlier in the podcast series and I thought dating is just one of my favourite topics so I'm coming back at it with a dating diary episode and (laughs) okay I feel really bad. I share a lot of my dating uh, situations and things like that online but I do it with a close circle of friends understandably because putting out your dating life online is probably quite risky and also I do want to keep things private but here I am going to talk about my dating, how it's been going, what I've been feeling, thinking, seeing patterns and things like that. So let's do it. I said actually as one of my resolutions that this year I want to date with intention but what do I go and do within the first week of the 2024? Date without intention. Date people who I know aren't looking for certain things or or a long-term thing which is still dating with an intention. It's the intention of I just want to meet people to have a good time with and if that is the intention that's the intention and that's kind of where I was feeling this last week. So I ended up going on a date with somebody who I've been speaking to for what felt like an eternity. It was two weeks. Now, I've said this many a time and I'll always repeat myself. So if you're sick of hearing me saying the same things, I'll then grow up um, or catch up. But I don't talk to people online. I do in the sense of I do online dating, but I don't really talk. I just match meet that's what I do. I match and I meet. I don't really converse much. One, I'm quite busy. You know, I don't really like being on my phone. I know it seems like I am on my phone a lot and I'll obviously reply back to people, my friends and things, and I'll try and keep communication fresh. But when it comes to strangers, I don't want to really invest much time into talking. Let's just meet. And if then I like you and I think you're worthy of sending a few texts back and forth, then that's what happens. But from the initial point, I don't really like to text. A few, few messages just to gauge, you know, are you somebody with a personality, with a sense of humour? That is, of course, welcomed. And I do like that. But I'm not going to be deep diving into conversations online. But this person, let's call him E. <laughs> I mean, you could probably guess the name from that. But let's call him E. 
E and I managed to have a two-week conversation online and actually keep it fresh enough that we still wanted to meet after the Christmas period, which for me is like just unheard of. I usually get bored and then I end up not really want to see them. But anyway, me and E were going to do a sober day and then it kind of ended up having a few more drinks. But do you know what? I've done sober dates and I like them. I've done drinking dates and I like them. And neither one is better or worse. I just kind of think it depends on their comfortability. One thing I've seen myself in dating, and I'm really proud I've seen myself in this because the point of dating is to kind of notice yourself and who you are. I'm a very comfortable person. I like to think I'm the same when I drink and I like to think I'm the same when I don't on a dating situation. When I'm going out with my mates, I'm completely different. You know, I'm going wild, I'm going crazy on a night out and different to a coffee shop. But on a date, I like to think I'm going to talk about the same stuff, whether I'm sober or not. I'm going to act the same way if I'm sober or not. Fair enough, I might end up leading into more of the deeper temptations of maybe having sex with them that night if I'm drinking, but I've also had sober dates and still taken people back home. So it's not really the case of, oh, when I'm drunker, I'm more likely to end up having sex, or if I'm sober, I feel more comfortable to say no, or, you know, it ends up feeling like a platonic thing. I'm the same without or with drink, and I like that about myself. But me and E, I think E wasn't as comfortable being sober as I was. So I think even though E wanted to not drink, he ended up drinking because I think he was nervous. And I totally understand that. But also, I think if you rely on alcohol to calm your nerves, I do understand that. But I think it's on what scope? Maybe one before you go out on the date. Maybe I get that. But like, I don't know. If you said to yourself and you've said to the day, I want this to be sober and then you end up feeling like you need to drink. I mean, for one, that makes your date feel like you're not good enough to be sober with. And two, it also says a lot about you as a character, as a personality and your comfortability with yourself. And that's just something that I've noticed. There might not be any truth to that, but that's something that I've perceived when it comes to the whole sober or non-sober dates. But anyway, so me and E went to a board game cafe, which by the way, does not sound as boring as it is. It was actually a lot of fun. Turns out, I mean, it really engages my competitive brain, which I like. And also it means that if you are struggling with conversation, you can focus in on the game and then it kind of makes it less awkward. So me and E did that and it was really fun. We did that for about an hour um, while also sipping on the worst tasting cocktails I've ever drank. But nevertheless, it was it was a cute thing. And then we ended up going to another little bar for one drink. And then, you know, I was feeling it. I was feeling comfortable and I took him back home. And there's nothing wrong with that. And one thing I really liked about E was I knew where I stood with him. He was going to go traveling. He was going to leave the UK in October. And I knew his dating intentions were about having fun, about meeting people, having one last hoo-ha before he went away. And I like that. I like the fact that I knew exactly what I was doing on that date. It wasn't about asking for those, what kind? What does a relationship look like for you? What kind of relationships have you had? I didn't really ask much about that because I thought, I don't need to know because frankly, this isn't going to go further than probably beyond this date. Maybe I'd see E again, but it would be just purely for fun time basis. But I like that about E. And when I asked E again, hey, would you like to go out again? Still keeping it casual. I know you're going away, but I enjoyed your company. It'd be fun to do something again. I sent that text. I'm bold, I'm brave, or am I, or am I just wanting to know where I stand? And credit to E, 
He sent me back a really nice text just saying, hey, thanks so much. I also really enjoyed myself and it was great to meet you after such a long time of communication, but I'm not feeling it and I don't think I have the headspace for it. And I just said to him, hey, thanks so much for replying. I really appreciate that. And actually, I like the fact I know where I stand with you now. Good luck with the traveling. And if you have any advice, I'm happy to answer any of your questions because he's going Southeast Asia. I've done Southeast Asia. There we go. And that was it. He said, thanks for a lovely text. All the best. And I loved that. It was great to have such clear clarity of communication. I wasn't hurt because he didn't want to see me because I knew where I stood with him. But I wish I could say the same for when I met up with C. (laughs) So C was a funny one. I think he matched with me. He sent me a very deep question from the get-go. What are your life's greatest loves? And I was like, what the fuck? That's a deep-ass question. (laughs) I just went, yo, dude, I I don't do these kind of chats you know, online, let's meet in person. So that's what I said to him. He went, fair enough. I had a spliff that day. I think it was a big message, but happy to meet. So I was like, hmm, spliff, interesting. Can he only message when he's high? Of course not. That's just me deep diving it. But anyway, so I was like, okay, interesting. So we managed to actually match and meet on the same day, which don't get me wrong, in my head, my head is spinning. So I'm like, oh my God, this has transitioned so quickly. I really don't know much about him, but hey, he's keen for a date tonight. I might as well go. Let's go. So me and C met. From the instant, I knew that there was something off, but I didn't know if it was me. I didn't know if it was him. I didn't know if there was this just weird unspoken thing of like, we've only just matched and we're probably not really each other's thing type situation from the get-go. Sometimes it's really hard when you walk into a date situation and you know from the get-go that it's just not going to be a thing. But you can also say within half an hour, if you have the balls, of which I don't, hey, you're lovely. I'm not feeling this. I want to go home. I have done that a few times and don't get me wrong, I'm doing it when I'm literally on the brink of feeling extremely uncomfortable and I'm really over the date. But I must admit, I've only done it a couple times. Every time I've done it, I felt like a fucking queen. I've taken that situation into my hands. But in reality, it is still so hard to do. Unless somebody's actually being horrible and they're saying really misogynistic or, you know, transphobic or homophobic or any kind of phobic language, unless they're actually being offensive, even I struggled to say, hey, I'm really sorry, but I'm just not feeling you. But anyway, that was beside the point. So I met him and he was very shy. And for me, I'm so not used to someone being shy and someone having like less words. He would say he was a man of few words. And I was like, okay, that's totally fine. But I need something from you. I need you to bring up a little bit more energy. If you haven't got man of many words, that's fine. But what you need to do is then ask questions. Because if you're not going to share when I ask, then you need to offer something back to me because I'm not going to carry this situation. And to be honest, I really wish I had that confidence to say it in the moment. But we drank, he opened up and it was kind of got marginally better. But still, it wasn't enough of a back and forth so to say and again it was one of those things where like would he open up more if he liked me more and if he fancied me more or was he not feeling me and therefore couldn't be asked again there's something really hard about when I'm an extroverted person I am gonna give it but also when you fancy someone you're gonna give it as well and 
it's a very hard one to read that situation when somebody is shy and kind of is holding back a bit because you because you I wanted to sort of slip in midway like I hate it when you're on a date and you're just not feeling them now I don't think I was that ballsy but I think it kind of weaved into that and that was maybe something I wish I said hey are you feeling this date and if you're not I'm happy for you to go and I'm not going to make this confrontational or aggressive. But please, like, if you're not feeling me, then I just want to go. Then I'll happily go to bed. But he stayed and I I kind of don't know really where I stood with that one, whether he did like me or not. What I really hate, though, is it is the intentional thing. And I said to him, I said, listen, what is your intention here? And he said, hey, I'm looking for more of a friends with benefits situation. I said, great, cool. I'd like to build something with somebody. Maybe you could be that person. Yeah, you say it when you're drunk. And I know that's really bad because you might not mean it. But the next day I followed it up. I said, hey, had a really good time last night. I know you're not looking at anything for deep. And I know you've got busy. I know you're busy work soon. So if you'd like to meet again, cool. If not, let me know. I.e., tell me if you want to see me or not please give me the respect of saying, hey, I had a good time, but I'm not feeling you. Like E did. I really, really, really valued what E did. It was kind of, it just gave me the answer I was looking for. But with C, I haven't heard from him. And I kind of got really annoyed about that because I even said on the date, I said, C, I don't care if you want to see me or not. Just tell me an answer of, of which one of them if I ask. I don't want to be here ghosted left on red. Now, what I've also tried to do is asking for clarification is beautiful, lovely. And when you get it, it actually makes you feel so much wholer as a person. It makes you feel like there was a start, middle and end to that person and how they felt about you. With C, there's that open, open bridge of like, I don't know how he felt about me. But clearly, if there's no communication there, he doesn't respect me enough to give me an answer. Or equally, he's scared. He's scared of like, you know, kind of telling me how he feels. And if somebody is scared to tell me their thoughts and opinions, then they are absolutely not emotionally intelligent enough for me. And I want somebody intelligent. I want somebody who is switched on emotionally. And that's something I'm really engaged about myself because I am so intuitively on. Don't get me wrong. I'm not always right, but I'm switched on and it's always something working within me. So that was C. I also went on another date. It was a coffee date, but I knew from the moment that they were not for me. Um, what's a code name for them? Ah, oh, A. We'll go for A. Again, you can probably guess all these people. Probably by just the, the first letter. A was lovely, but he just wasn't for me in the second that I met him. Everything about him. But I appreciate I gave A an hour and a half of my time. And then I said, hey, thanks so much. Hope you get home safely. And I left it at that. I haven't messaged them. I haven't given them that clarification. But then also, they didn't really ask for much from me either. They did ask me if I got home safely and I said, I did, thank you so much. And I hope you had a great time with your mates. But there was no follow-up. And that's absolutely fine. If they don't ask for clarification on it, I equally won't offer it out saying, by the way, I don't want to see you again. That's fine. I mean, that's fine to not tell them, oh, I don't want to see you, by the way, if they don't ask. There was something that happened to me also earlier this week and it did involve a relationship-ish. <laughs> I've been seeing Jay for a long time. We actually met back in the summer. He was one of my first dates here when I moved to Manchester and I really liked Jay. I think there was something about Jay's company that 
kind of spoke to me on like a level of equalness and I really felt heard when I was with him. He was emotionally intelligent but also didn't realise it and that's what I quite liked because he, I don't think he realised how intelligent he was compared to so many people his age and people that I've also been with either. He was so emotionally intelligent and it was so beautiful and I really wish he saw that about himself. I don't think he ever really kind of appreciated or maybe he was just really humble about actually how switched on he was. But me and Jay have been off and on seeing each other. When I say off and on, we've been fairly consistent, but in an off and on way of romantic to platonic. Sometimes we'd meet and it'd be really platonic, but still beautiful. And sometimes we'd meet and it would be really romantic and cosy. But the off and on of the romantic to platonic did kind of cause a lot of questions of I don't really know what we are and I wouldn't even say it was a situation ship because that kind of implies that it was always romantic I always had consistency with communication with Jay he was always somebody I'd FaceTime on my walk home from uni with he would just be there for the 10 minute quick quick call in between while I'm doing something else and I loved that and he was really there for me and he spoke to me on many different languages of love that I liked But again, it was the off and on of, are we friends? Are we lovers? Jay was kind of going through something at the time that was like personal to him and he was going to therapy. So it did change the scope of, you know, what I could do romantically with him. So maybe that's why it led to more of a platonic thing. But I also know as well, when I meet somebody who I love and I feel I'll also change as a person. But I didn't change with Jay. And what I mean by change is, you make compromises because you want to love them the way they need to be loved and should be loved. But I was very selfish in how I was with Jay. It'd be very much like, oh, by the way, I've got to wake up early tomorrow so you can't stay here kind of thing. And I recognised that that kind of autistic trait of wanting to be routine and wanting to keep things even and the same and I don't want things to be different comes from yes being autistic but when I meet the right person who I feel I can change and I want to change for then it also will happen but I felt incredibly selfish and I do feel bad that I kind of didn't really change for Jay because I loved him and I told him that But I also said to him, I don't know how I love you. I don't know if it is I love you and adore you as a friend or I love you and romantically want to be with you as a partner. Jay took me to a coffee shop and we had a chat and it turned out that Jay was actually seeing someone else. And that really hurt me. And that in the moment made me feel like, oh no, this is how I feel about Jay. Maybe it was love. Because I felt a little bit abandoned. I felt rejected. Which I know is silly because we weren't together. Or he found someone that did love him and knew where they stood with him. So I'm saying that I'm selfish. I maybe was keeping Jay along because I couldn't work out my feelings around it and I wasn't actually communicating that with Jay enough or he did feel that and he still went and found somebody and thought no I know if somebody loves me they're gonna treat me differently to how Martha is so it's been a weird one with Jay but 
And I hate cutting people out, but for my headspace, I've kind of left Jay alone and I haven't talked to him, even as a friend, even though he said he'd still want me as a friend. I don't know if I'm quite ready to be friends with people where I have strong feelings for. Even though one person in my life I have done that for and it's been the best outcome ever because they are now my best friend. And even though I had such strong feelings for them in the past, they are now somebody that are that I can talk to like nobody else and they are the safest, most sacredest person I have in my life. And I feel like that because I have once to love them, but I now love them in a different way. So it can be doable, but I do admit I went through a lot of heartbreak in that transition of seeing them as somebody I'm in love with to someone I love. Talking on the topic of ghosting, which is obviously, you know, most people know now, ghosting is pretty much where I like to think there's a bit of a chit chat beforehand. Maybe you've met up, maybe you know each other well, or maybe you've just had a couple conversations back and forth, but nothing too deep. But it's basically when somebody just doesn't reply about kind of a reason why. I've come to the conclusion that if we try to understand why they ghost, it is such a wasted mental energy. I could think of a thousand reasons why someone hasn't got back to me. It doesn't matter. And it, I frankly, I don't care. I'm really letting go of this idea of trying to understand why people ghost. People ghost because frankly, they just can't be asked to communicate it. I think I'm putting it down to the simple fact that people get lazy to tell you how they feel or people can't face up to it, but they just can't be asked for that reason. And that's why I think if you waste so much energy trying to figure out, okay, why is somebody ghosting me? You are wasting so much potential to find the next thing. You could be the best person with the most intuitive brain and cognitive function that you can understand someone else's psyche of why they just didn't want to talk to you. So what? It just doesn't even, you could be right and it still won't get you an answer back from them. So I'm letting go of ghosting now. I'm letting go of the idea that it will, you know, eat away at me. If they want to reply, brilliant, beautiful. And if they don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter why they can't reply. If they can't, they've said enough. The silence is screaming at you that that is their answer. I am lazy and I don't care. Beautiful. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to somebody who's lazy and doesn't care. That's not healthy energy. That's not nice energy. That's draining energy. That's ugly energy. And I'm definitely not here for ugly energy at all. I have my own ugly energy to face up to and I still face up to my ugly energy. So yeah, ghosting. Not here for it, but yeah. Fortunately, because I usually present a question to people, I usually get an answer back because I'll just say like, listen, be brutal if you want to be, but just freaking give me an answer. I always have said that like with dating for me, it comes in phases and waves. I'll either get like a string of dates like one after another where it's a little bit chaotic and frantic or I'll have no dates and I feel like my self-worth is dropping. Neither of which are particularly healthy, but I do admit I feel a little bit better in life when I have a lot of dates coming up. 
I do. Um, and also that depends on the person I'm looking for. But other times I'm looking for something a bit more serious and like can just tell by the people that kind of like get back to you or the people that, you know, match with you what they're kind of looking for or sometimes our profile will say it. And equally, it depends how silly people are when they come back and reply to you. I send silly one-off messages to people being like, you know, I can't remember. Oh, I, th- I sent a rhyme to somebody once. And if people reply back to stuff like that, then I know they are you going to be interesting enough to actually just meet in person. And sometimes you just get really bland answers. And I'm like, if you're bland on text, fair enough. I know not everyone's a texter, but you're probably not the person for me. I'm somebody who likes to be in that funny, comical mood. That I like to be silly and I like to not throw too much soup. It's the fact that I can challenge you. And somebody said, you know, I'd run to my grandma's house. And I'm like, are you an idiot? That's of course where there's on bouncing back. You know, I said I was going to go into a tree house. I don't know why I did. I was just like, well, why not? But it's, it's can you have the ability to have fun? Because I'm over being serious enough. I'm not a serious person by nature. And, I'm, and in a way, I may be too serious sometimes because of the stuff that I'm into. Because it is deep-rooted and it's deep-natured and it really pulls on emotional strings, which is serious. Like emotions, especially like the more kind of negative ones that kind of wrap around my mental health. They are serious. But I think when I'm on a date, that's the last thing I want to talk about from the get-go. Later, I want to dive deep. Later, I want to know the psyche. Later, I know I want to know your deepest fears. Are you scared of zombies? Why are you scared? <laughs> anyway, I don't know really where I was going with that, but I just kind of wanted to catch up with the dating diaries um, because I know people do like them. We're all just nosy rascals, aren't we? Just want to know people's, you know, dates and... Okay, so... Self-reflection question time. What does unconditional self-love look like for you on a daily basis? Blimey. Okay, unconditional self-love. Unconditional self-love is no matter how much I've ate the previous day, I will always give myself my favourite breakfast. I'm not like, and that's unconditional for me. I'm always going to make myself my favourite, my psyche to do. So that is definitely something I do on a daily basis. Lighting candles is unconditional self-love. I know that candles are getting a bit expensive now because like everything in life is like expensive, but I'm still going to light them. And even though I think, oh my God, like that's like 50p I'm burning out of a pack of like 100 tea lights. I'm still going to do it because it brings joy to light candles. I love it so much even though I know it's an expensive love. <laughs> and even though I'm thinking every time I light it, like, oh, do I really need to light candles? It's unconditional because I just love it. <laughs> and lastly, maybe like an, a, an unconditional thing I do on a daily basis and I try and make sure I get outside at least once. And that is very much unconditional love because I like being outside. Even if it means just going for a walk around my residential area, I really like being outside because it helps me connect to the world where I feel so disconnected all the time. And often if I haven't been outside in every couple of hours, I can feel really disconnected. I can feel very isolated, but giving myself that unconditional love to go outside and be existing in the world even though sometimes I feel so not part of it is very much like protecting my love protecting my nature and that's sort of something I really value and it's really important that I do that so 
Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I enjoy talking about dating. I'm sure there'll be many a topic to talk about soon with it. But um, yeah, enjoy your dating. <laughs> um, or even if you're not dating, you know, good for you. I <laughs> love it. Okay, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody.